Yes, welcome in listeners, welcome in viewers. It's Monday night. It's time once again for the full 10 yards podcast. Hey, we're rolling, we're rolling. We won all game. Stay cool, man. We got something special for y'all today. You're listening to the full 10 yards podcast. To the 10, right to the 5, studying in for the score. Touchdown. I do love the fact, fellas, that since we've started doing this live, you all now get to listen along to the jingle, and the viewers won't see this, but I can see you all just nodding your heads in the background. It's lovely to see, fellas, lovely to see. Let's welcome the boys in to the show this Monday evening. Let's start top left of your screen and welcome in Kieran all the way from the States. How are you doing, buddy? Well, as you can see by my T-shirt, you know I'm in a foul mood. (laughs) <laughs> we're back <laughs> yeah we, we've gone home again <laughs> yeah not a good day for the Patriots we'll get on to that another man probably not in the best of moods after his newly adopted team also lost this weekend let's welcome him in anyway Lawrence how are you matey don't blame it on the sunshine don't blame it on the good times blame it on the Covid yeah mm. just found out this evening that the Ravens have lost Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins to COVID for Thanksgiving. So, yeah, in an absolutely terrific mood, as you can imagine. Yeah, no, it's uh, playing havoc with a few teams, to be fair, at the minute. COVID obviously had the rise in many parts of the States. Let's hope that obviously doesn't cause too many issues as we get towards the postseason. Uh, but like you say, we'll have some ramifications down the stretch, no doubt. And a man with a big smile on his face for the first time, it seems, in a few weeks. Mate, the Cowboys in the wing column. Good evening, Tim. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I hope you kept, I hope you kept the seat warm for me. Uh, just talking of, uh, of, of of great Hall of Fame intros, the quiz, the quiz one, I I just sing in everyday life and people just wonder what the hell I'm doing. But uh, yeah, love, love, love the intros personally. Uh, but yes, as you can see, sporting my new uh, hashtag always jarring jersey. I know David will, uh, will, will enjoy that. Nice uh, nice throw. I love the throwback. Uh, like I said to you before we came on, love to go and get the helmet as well. And uh, yeah, but yeah, sporting the always jarring today for the, for the brand, for the brand. Absolutely, mate. I, of course, sporting the Browns top. The Browns with a big win, of course, this weekend as well. We'll get on to all of it very shortly, fellas. Let's start off in the AFC. We said that the playoff picture there was a little bit muddy. I don't think it's necessarily been cleared up all that much over the course of one weekend, but obviously a few important results. And we'll start off, Lawrence, with the Sky game that did indeed feature the Ravens, two six and three sides heading in, two sides that had been in the lead in their respective divisions at points of this campaign. Um, but obviously now both, uh, well, were both looking from the outside in, so to speak. And uh, it went all the way to overtime, but ultimately made with the Tennessee Titans getting the big win on the road at the Ravens. Talk us through it, buddy. Yeah, my God. I mean, what, what am I supposed to say? We're, we're looking at a Ravens team that are currently colder than someone waiting for a bus in the East Antarctic Plateau between the summits of Dome Argus and Dome Fuji, which is, in fact, the coldest place on Earth, just in case you want to look it up. Um, (laughs) So the Ravens have, yep, they've lost three out of their last four. Not by necessarily, they haven't been blown out in any of them. They've lost by four, by six and by six, but three losses in the last four is, is pretty hard to swallow. I mean, and it, the actually kind of the whole thing started with, with a bit of bad blood with Malcolm Butler kind of, you know, jawing at um, the Ravens head coach, John Harbour. There was a bit of a altercation on the halfway line, just kind of, you know, in warm-ups. And 
it kind of just went went downhill from that, ending in a you know ending in the Beaver. And I don't know if anyone watching knows why I call Derek Henry the Beaver, but whatever that thing is that's sticking out the back of his neck, it just makes me think of a beaver's tail. So that's why I call him the Beaver. So we've got the Bedfordshire Bomber and the Beaver. Got the <laughs> alliteration here, and yeah, I could I could use another B word for the performance of the Ravens, but I won't because it's a family podcast. Um, so yeah, it was the Beaver that that weaved his way for an absolutely gassed Ravens defense for that walk off overtime winner. As expected, game started off pretty tight. Um, Teams kind of knocking lumps out of each other. Two Ravens field goals, one Titans field goal, and just one touchdown apiece in the first half. 14-10, um, Ravens take the halftime lead. And then you're starting to think, oh, there, there, there's there's some shoots, there's some green shoots coming up. The, the Ravens are looking to suddenly kind of come into a bit of form. Um, Lamar Jackson, who, again, was still looking pretty abysmal, still had you know minimal passing yards, Throws an absolute beauty to Mark Andrews, um, 31-yard touchdown. And you're thinking, my God, that Lamar Jackson has got a touch. And Mark Andrews is arguably the second best tight end, obviously behind Travis Kelsey. But Mark Andrews is an outstanding tight end. It's just a shame that there's another AFC tight end that happens to be better than him. So there we were, Ravens, 11-point lead. And you're thinking, right, this is, this is you know, all they've got to do is settle the ship keep the run game going and and they can they can ride this one out and then it just started going wrong then suddenly Ryan Tannehill kind of clicks into form Derek Henry's been pounding away pounding away getting kind of 3 yards a carry not not being very effective but then the um then kind of two field goals later after Gotkowski had kind of finished off drives and this is the good Gotkowski because you know arguably half the games Gotkowski's been the awful Gotkowski and then the other half, he's he's looked like the you know the Patriots kind of Super Bowl winning kicker. Um, but then comes the play, one of the plays of the season, when AJ Brown catches that pass and evades not one, two, three, four, five, or six tacklers. He evades seven tacklers to get to the end zone as he kind of went beast mode on on that touchdown and and. The, you know, what he managed to do after the catch when arguably one oh, <laughs> seat there um, where Marlon Humphrey um, and Marcus Peters, I think it was Marcus Peters that should have made the tackle there, um, failed abysmally and AJ Brown goes in, gets that touchdown and then um, bless Ryan Tannehill, he's left completely all alone. The entire Ravens defence bit on the two-point conversion Ryan Tannehill just kind of mazes on in, does a little skip and a hop as he gets into the end zone for that two-point conversion. It's 24-21. You're thinking the the Ravens are kind of, they've had it. And then again, Lamar Jackson kind of wakes up, really, really quick, big chunk drive, manages to get that um, into field goal range with about 15 seconds left. Justin Tucker is automatic, takes it into overtime. Don't forget that the Titans' defense had 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 absolutely no pass rush for the entire game. Goes into overtime. Ravens get the ball. First down, two yards. Second down, the Titans get their first sack of the entire game. Um, And then that's it. Um, The third down, they didn't risk it. They didn't go for anything long because they're kind of in deep in their own territory. 
dumped it off to J.K. Dobbins. He gets nine yards. That's it. Punt, all back. Ryan Tannehill wakes up, and then the Beaver just gets that ball and runs about 30 yards, does a does a very interesting kind of zigzaggy pattern in, in terms of getting there, getting to the end zone. But, yeah, big, big game for the Titans. Um, big, big win for them. Um, I, and I think it's absolutely scary when the, the Titans' best weapon took almost three quarters to find his kind of sports gear. But when he decided to come out of neutral, um, I don't think a road full of stingers would have stopped um, Derek Henry from scoring. And then what what to end up with for the Ravens? Nice, easy game in four days. Thursday night football in front of the entire world against the 10-0 Steelers. Now with your starting two running backs lost to COVID. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Just one little question. Is the Ravens season over, gents? What do you think? But just before we all answer that question, I can't help but notice your little puppet behind you. And I can't help but just say the pun that the Steelers are probably going to sweep the Steelers. Mm. Hey, hey. He's here all week, folks. He's here all week. 90s TV at his best. Indeed, mate. I think in terms of your question there, Lawrence, I think, you know, we talked about this the you know, last week in terms of how important this game was um, for both sides, obviously, with that 6-3 and three record. I think the, the concerning thing for Baltimore, and like you say, they haven't um, been blown out by any stretch of the imagination in any of these losses that you've mentioned. They also haven't looked overly impressive in any of the recent wins that they've had either, and that's the thing that we've commented on. They, they've seemingly been stuck in second or third gear and have looked vulnerable to this kind of defeat and this kind of performance. Like you say, Derrick Henry, for the most part, was bottled up. Um, you know, his final stat line, you know, reads relatively impressive. 28 carries for 133 yards. His lung, incidentally, was the 29-yarder to win the game in overtime. You know, we're, we're accustomed to Derrick Henry sort of motoring for big gains down the field, aren't we? Um, but, you yeah, know, I think the, the A.J. Brown play, that, that to me is everything that is not a Baltimore Ravens performance. You associate them with tough defence, with solid tackling, um, you know, and ultimately when the offence is struggling, you know, and I know me and you've gone backwards and forwards on on Lamar. Um, I've Have always you? been at it. Yeah, well, we've, we've had the odd disagreement. I, I've always been of the opinion that he's, you know, he's what he is. He's a run first quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. But if, if for me, just embrace that. That's what he is. I think this concerted effort to turn him into the packet, the packet, the pocket passer. Even um, I don't think it's it's the way to go. Particularly when you look at the weapons that he's got at his disposal. I mean, the fact that they're activating Des Bryant, who hasn't caught a ball in three years kind of tells you all that you need to know about where the Ravens are from a passing attack point of view. Um, and, you know, it will be really interesting to see how indeed they do bounce back. A team that took full advantage of that then, fellas, and improved their record to 7-3, and three, and obviously therefore above the Ravens in the standings, is the Indianapolis Colts, who got a big win of their own in overtime. So a couple of overtime battles for the Sky Sports games. And, yeah, the, the Colts come come you know all the way back from a decent deficit to beat the Green Bay Packers. Tim, good game, this one. It was. Uh, you could be forgiven for mistaking yourself being in uh, being in Greg's on Brighton Seafront uh, on a windy day because it was all about turnovers and it was all about flags. Six turnovers, 15 accepted penalties uh, in this game. Three in the first quarter, obviously, 
teams back and forth, uh, exchanging turnovers, and so the first strike delivered by by Green Bay. So it's yeah, it's, it's amazing how hot and cold Green Bay are. And so we'll go. I'll, I'll touch on it a bit later on. But yeah, first strike to Robert Tonyan, twenty five yarder from Aaron Rodgers, off the say the uh, teams exchanging turnovers early on. But yeah, it's a, it was a theme throughout the game: fumbles and and interceptions. Uh, Colts replied with a nice um, run after the catch. Michael Pittman uh, Jr. having himself uh, second good game uh, in a row, obviously after his hundred yard game last week. Um, but yeah, and, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship is obviously human, uh, hitting the crossbar from the, the, the bottom crossbar from fifty yards as well. That was that was quite unusual uh, to see. Um, but yeah, Green Bay um, cashed in with with a Rivers interception with uh, the Devante Adams wide receiver screen touchdown. Really nice. Again, he's just having a, he's having a great season. Devante Adams, uh, obviously Packers fans happy that he didn't have, he didn't carry a, a injury des- designation going in, into this one. But um, yeah, twenty one. Yeah, that was made it twenty one seven. Uh, and then the Colts managed to, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, the Colts then replied with with the Trey Burton uh, touchdown, uh, which gave yeah, Aaron Rodgers two minutes or so to to, to make it 28-14. to uh, Jamal Williams touchdown to, to the right right corner of the end zone. Um, and then just, apart from that, I don't, I don't know what they had at halftime. You know, like in Space Jam where they have that magic water, I think they had the opposite because that, they just went absolutely missing in the second half. Like three points in the second half from the, from the Packers. Um Absolutely crazy, but um, yeah, again, uh, Jack Doyle touchdown um, from yeah, in the back of the end zone, a couple of uh, Blankenship uh, field goals tied it up, um, and then yeah, Marcus Valdez Gantlin uh, made a, a great play, forty-five yard bomb or something, yeah, with third and ten uh, in, in the two-minute drill to get it down into f- towards field goal range, which obviously took it to overtime, and then Valdez Gantlin, uh, he's had these ups and downs with with Rogers, um, yeah, he's, he's been getting daggers, but he's also been been okay the last couple of weeks but obviously the, the daggers have, have, have returned uh obviously the fumble crucial play on the the, the first series obviously packers get the ball uh fumbles it they didn't even get not lodged loose it was just a slippery potato that, that came out of his came out of his arms and yeah you know, it was in green bay packers territory and you know the, the colts were very 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 conservative and even more conservative than the surrey borough the, the borough of surrey but um yeah, Colts. Yeah, he knocks it through. No, no problems there with, with Blankenship getting it through. Thirty-one to ten, uh, the final score. So, uh, just a couple of notes from this one. Jonathan Taylor uh, managed to get his uh, second highest workload uh, of the season. Uh, Twenty-two attempts for ninety yards. Had a reception or two as well. But he, um, he looks like the Jonathan Taylor kind of everyone kind of expected coming out of the draft. Um, managed to find a few holes and, and get a few decent gains as well. So that would do him. Uh, decent bit of confidence. Naheem Hines kind of got him more involved in the game as, as the game went on. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor certainly um, certainly will, we will be happy with his performance. But just to touch on on Green Bay I, this season, I, I just they're so hot and cold. Let's say twenty eight points first half, three points in the second half. This one, if you go back to last week's game uh, versus Jacksonville, the first and the third quarter zero points, but in in the second and fourth quarters touchdowns and a couple of touchdowns. And it's I don't don't know what it is with with Green Bay. It just seemed to be hot. I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers' demeanor. He, he's just kind of not not, in the, not exactly bringing the game into disrepute but um yeah very 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 strange uh, but yeah packers um despite obviously it's yeah, not the hugest of losses in terms of it's a cross conference game but obviously with the saints winning they've obviously now kind of gonna have to play to their lead a little bit and see what the saints do um but yeah packers um, yeah, I'd, I'd be more concerned about the the hot and coldness, and you know, you're not going to win too many January games if you if you bring that kind of form into into the playoffs. I, I would give a lot of credit though to the Colts' defense for mm-hmm. adjusting in the second half. Darius Leonard, the uh, inside linebacker, is a monster. 
absolutely love Darius Leonard. Um, and even Anthony Walker, who's kind mm. of his, um, his kind of partner in crime, um, is a fantastic middle linebacker as well. And that secondary seems to be getting better and better. Rock Yassin, another classic name there, Sean, Rock Yassin. Um, he's, you know, he had a pick. And I think that that Colts defense is is going to take them further than what Philip Rivers you know, then Philip Rivers is going to take them. So they that Colts defense can win games, and I think it was it they they just got kind of knocked early, and that twenty eight points in the first half, they they probably went, oh my god, let's just wake up now, and yeah, a cup of a cup of Space Jam Cola or whatever it is Tim's referring to, <laughs> no That's idea, cool. but they probably all had a had a sip of that, and um, yeah, I, I just think that Colts, I just I just love. I wasn't look. I was looking at it from a Colts perspective more than a Packers failure perspective. I was just looking at that Colts defense and mm. just kept forcing three and outs or, or short drives. And I was thinking, this is a defense that that you know is is really playing hard football. So you know, I, I think that that's going to help them. And defenses, I I think that's just that defensive unit is just going to get better. So you know, I'm I'm looking out for the Colts to to do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah, we've obviously got Colts, Titans take two coming up this week as well, which is obviously, you know, it was a huge game, uh, you know, a week ago. <laughs> it's still a huge game uh, a couple of weeks on. Obviously, um, you know, the Titans will be looking to, to sort of even out that tiebreaker. Um, you know, it's probably a bigger game for them in that respect. Um, just in terms of Green Bay, Tim, to your point, again, I don't think there's anything to be overly concerned about. You know, they're certainly going to be heading to January to play, you know, meaningful football. I think they need to find the other Aaron, to be honest. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers there. Aaron Jones has become a big weapon for this team in the past 18 months. But, you know, he, he carried an injury designation for a couple of weeks. He was brought back. Hasn't really looked the same since. And in a game where you have got a lead, particularly on the road, particularly at this time of year, you want somebody then to start, you know, icing the clock, running that, you know, it's not the normal Green Bay way. I get that. It's all about Aaron Rodgers through the air. Um, you know, but this for me was a game, you know, that they would have wanted to have have leaned more on the run if it had been going. But to Lawrence's point, Indianapolis, fantastic defence. Um, you know, so two good sides there, though, and I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of them. The other two sides that we're going to focus on in this little section, I'm going to kick it over to Kieran, is the Sunday night football game. And we're talking here Chiefs against the Raiders. Uh, I was just saying, boys, before we sort of hit the record button. I woke up at about four in the morning and uh, managed to catch the last four or five minutes on my phone. So I thoroughly enjoyed the last four to five minutes. I caught some good action in this one. Um, but Kieran, I think it was a, a belter of a game right up to that point anyway, wasn't it, mate, to take us through? That second touchdown, Derek Carfer, is one of the prettiest touchdowns I've seen all year. It was, I think we're really seeing 2016 Derek Carr again. And I know, obviously, the Las Vegas Raiders, still not used to saying that. Um, obviously, they did lose this week. They kept it very close. And it, 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 I think it speaks to Patrick Mahomes, who he has as a quarterback, that he can just, you know, magic up another game-winning drive out of nowhere. Like I said, I don't trust him because he eats ketchup on his steak. But it's undoubtable that he is an exceptional quarterback. Um, I'm not 
look, you know, you're never going to hear, oh, the losing team deserved to win from me because at the end of the day, they scored less points. They didn't deserve to win. But the Raiders put up an absolutely great performance. And I, I think it's going to be the case when we look back at this, you know, year in a couple of years. So they're going to be the best team that's never made the that didn't make the playoffs they're, they've been playing out of their minds recently and i think mainly due to gruden and he's sticking to his guns and he, he's doing what i think lawrence will be a fan of is that old school smash mouth football he he pounds the rock and he pounds it down your throats the whole game because he's got great guys like josh jacobs but this game he was kept in check 55 yards on 17 carries. I know he got the touchdown, but it was a really muted performance from him. But Derek Carr went absolutely crazy. 275 yards, three touchdowns. Obviously, he had the pick in there. But when you're going up against the secondary that is kind of coming into its own a little bit now, like the Chiefs, it is, is to be expected. Patrick Mahomes, exceptional. We even got to saw the big boy Travis Kelsey throw a pass, which was interesting. Uh, obviously, I want to give a shout out to my boy Clyde Edwards Elaire as well, LSU alum. Go Tigers. He uh, <laughs> got another 69 nice yards and two touchdowns out of this game. He is an absolute workhorse for that team. And it's exactly like I said before he got drafted and when I was actually evaluating him in my mock drafts, he's not going to be the guy getting you 100 yards a game, but he'll, he'll get you five or six yards of carry and, and he'll open up some holes for you. But this game was just fantastically coached and everyone knows how great uh, John Gruden is. It's no question about how he is a great mind, but also... Andy Reid, he, he's coached some fantastic teams and these two facing off was absolutely beautiful to watch. There's not much more to say that I think the Chiefs, honestly, now in my mind, are a Super Bowl favourites because they can go up against the team who's already beat them once this year and sort of they figured them out and they made the right adjustments. And like the Chiefs have done in almost every win they've had, I feel like in the past two years, they weren't doing great at halftime and they came out with, you know, like we just said, the Space Jam Cola, the secret sauce. I don't know if Andy Reid had a cheeseburger delivered to him at halftime or whatever, but he made the correct adjustments and the Chiefs really pulled it on in the second half. And I know it came down to that game-winning drive, but it was it, it was Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid with barely any time left on the clock. You know that they're going to score. So, yeah, th another great game. And I, I think, you know, I, I hope we see the Raiders continue this success into next year because i think if we do that they're honestly looking at being a, a serious threat in the playoffs do you know what i'll be i'll be honest i watched this game live right because i had a, uh, i said to you guys before we went on air that i had a big fantasy game that i wanted to win and i wanted to make sure that i was winning and when it when it was safe i would have turned off obviously i ended up watching it till half four in the morning but when when the raiders scored that touchdown with whatever it was a minute or minute or whatever it was left to go do you know what i, I said to myself I, don't, I said i don't i don't think the raiders, the, the chiefs are going to win this game and that's a testament to how far the raiders have come the rate the raiders I've, I've written a question down here do we do we think that the raiders now have, have have upped their kind of tier, their echelon that they're usually in amongst. Do we have to take the Raiders seriously now going forward, considering they've had two games against the Chiefs and, you know, anyone can win a game on any given Sunday and so certain things can fall their way. But the two games that they've given the the Chiefs this year, I know for a fact that come 2021, Andy Reid and the Chiefs are not going to be in, going to enjoy playing the Raiders. No, I, I completely agree, mate. And I think, you know, when I turned on for those last few minutes, I think, you know, the stat that flashed up and ironically, he then went and threw a 22 yard, but was <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Mahomes hadn't actually completed a pass over 20 yards in the entire game. And that's not something that you associate with the Chiefs. Um, 
we talk a lot about the offensive side of the ball, you know, with all the teams that we talk about, because obviously there's a lot of interest there from a fantasy perspective, and that's obviously where all the, the points come from. But I think defensively, if you think back to the matchup that these teams had in week five, it was actually the, the, the sort of Raiders' defence, particularly in the second half that day, because the Chiefs still put up a lot of points in the first half. But in the second half, that, that defence basically sort of shut the Chiefs' offence down, which nobody has been able to do over the last couple of years. And, you know, it was a similar story, you know, in this one. It, it sounds stupid to say that when the Chiefs have ended up putting over 30 points on the board again. But, you know, the, the explosive plays weren't there. There were lots of drives that they had to earn every yard. And like you say, they, they will be a team that, you know, with some continued improvement. I think the key thing, and, you know, Kieran mentioned it there, is, you know, have we got the 2016 Derek Carr back and is he back to stay? That's the key thing. You can get good quarterback play, and we all know this, you know, simple as, isn't it? If you get some decent quarterback play, you don't turn the ball over and you can play some complimentary defence behind it. You're going to be in every game, and they've got enough playmakers now. Well, I think they want to get more out of Henry Ruggs. You know, he obviously hasn't really done anything of great note, as he, let's be honest, in his rookie campaign. He's certainly been overshadowed by a number of the other rookie receivers that have entered the league. But, you know, in Nelson Aguilar, they've got a, an absolute reclamation project there, haven't they? Um, I mean, there was one there was one catch. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't challenge it. I mean, it was a pass interference call, but, I mean, it was... Even if he got as close as what he did to catching, it was a one-hander um, going to the ground. I mean, you know, for me, I mean, again, I, it was four in the morning, so to be fair, he, he could have been a blatant drop. My eyes were a little bit on the uh, on the groggy side, but, you know, it was a hell of an effort. And they've had consistent play from him all year. They've obviously got Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, as we mentioned. So I think the Raiders are primed to be a real contender in that division, it's an exciting division, isn't it? You've obviously got the Chiefs. Justin Herbert's been excellent. Um, you know, and I think everybody expected quite a bit out of Denver. We'll get on to them pulling out a huge win. But, you know, they've obviously got a, a, a good young nucleus to build around as well. So it could be a real good division. Does anyone remember three months ago, everyone was wondering whether Marcus Mariota was going to start over Derek Carr? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a good backup, to be fair. He's, yeah. he's certainly a good backup. There's plenty of team. Let's put it this way. There were some quarterbacks that started yesterday that you'd rather have Marcus Mariota starting. Let's put it that way. <coughs> Ryan Finley. It, mo- it moves us on nicely, boys, actually, to the roundup of the rest of the stuff that came from the AFC side of the playoff picture. Um, so let's stick the uh, scores up. As we go through them, there they are on the bottom of the screen. Brings us nicely, of course, that link on terrible backup quarterbacks to the New York Jets and Joe Flacco. 28 points on the board, but the Chargers with 34. Um, absolute explosion out the door from Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. I thought they were on for a record day after seven catches for over 100 yards in the first quarter. Slowed a little bit from there, and the Chargers, as they always do, ended up in a one-score game, even though they could have probably blown the Jets away completely. Um, So the Jets still winless. Uh, The Steelers, 27. The Jags, 3. Four interceptions in this one from Jake Luton. Uh, a little bit unlucky, it's got to be said, with the first one, which was, to be honest, probably the game changer. A couple of minutes before half time, the Jags driving only down seven at that stage. A deflection that uh, ended up as a pick, and Pittsburgh turned that into points. Uh, and it was all over from there, wasn't it? Let's be honest. And the final score just ticking across the bottom of the screens. The Patriots 20, the Texans 27. The mini revival in New England comes to a bit of a grinding halt. Uh, in all seriousness, though, fellas, we have talked, haven't we, for a number of weeks now that the Texans 
it's unbelievable that their record is what it is with the level of play that Deshaun Watson is actually producing week in and week out. And he was absolutely stellar yet again yesterday, wasn't he? Um, really, really good day. Ran one in, um, you know, lowered his shoulder. Uh, you know, just a, a real excellent play. He's played some good football all year, and I'm sure that there's better days ahead for the Texans. They've obviously got an off-season, um, you know, where they obviously need to bring in a new general manager and start repairing some of the damage. It's going to take a couple of years to, to do that. They obviously haven't got many assets to play with, have they? But, uh, you know, with Deshaun Watson around, they're certainly going to be there or thereabouts, um, you know, if he continues playing at the pace that he's. Let's flip it over then, fellas, from the AFC to the NFC. Um, and there is obviously one other significant AFC playoff name that we haven't mentioned but we're sticking it in this one because obviously the worst division in football continues to be the worst division in football with the leader still after 11 weeks now sitting with only three wins. I am, of course, talking about the Eagles who drop to now 3-6-1 and one with defeat to the Browns. Lawrence, I'm sure you're probably going to ask me for my opinions of it as I watched it, but just take us through it quickly, buddy, from your perspective. Yeah, I... Um Again, I won't repeat what um, what Mr. Blundell was was saying on WhatsApp last night, um, but I absolutely agree. The that double-headed monster of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is fucking good. Um, Chubb had his second consecutive hundred-yard game, fourth of the season, and considering he's spent a chunk out um, recovering from injury. Um, is, is great and he's averaging an absolute eye-popping six yards a carry um and whilst that rushing success may not have come early in this game um good things come to those who wait another big 50 yard rush ripped off by Chubb and a, and a finisher another absolutely special touchdown from kareem hunt who went airborne i don't know how That's i don't know if he's trying to do an impression of michael jordan seeing as this is a this seems to be a Michael Jordan tribute podcast today, but he he definitely did a an air hunt, whatever one of those is called, um, and did brilliantly to get that that touchdown. Um, and this is an Eagles team now that has lost four out of their last six, but are somehow um, in in an in an absolutely insane division. Um, in 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 normal circumstances, you stick a fork in the Eagles at three six and one, but ladies and gentlemen. This is the record at the top of the division. Um, so all all four teams with three wins. Um, I mean, reality is the Eagles might actually suck harder than a than a Dyson Expo, but let's give credit to a Browns defense who've allowed just 40 points in the last three games. And that garbage touchdown to Dallas Goddard, who's come back from injury, and good luck to Dallas Goddard on his kind of recovery um, to make the score look somewhat respectable. Really wasn't. This was a this was a dominant Cleveland performance, um, and it was absolutely fitting that Wentz's thirteenth interception of the season, and he's thrown fourteen in total. So his his stat line reads fourteen touchdowns, fourteen interceptions so far. Um, his thirteenth interception went back for a pick six. Another beautiful name. I think the Cleveland Browns just just pick players based on their incredible names. Sione Taki Taki. Yeah. Um, absolute stunner. Um, it's, it's lovely. I love seeing 44. 44, the number 44 shirt is just, I, I think it's a beautiful number. 
It's a full-back number, kind of not a defensive back number, but it was great to see a 44 marauding through the yeah. field and, and getting that touchdown. And and as Sean mentioned the other week, big game from Olivier Vernon, three sacks, um, three, and a half, three and a half tackles for loss. And gents, I think we're going to have this conversation. I think it's a, the right conversation to have. Is it time to bench Carson Wentz? Ooh, uh, well, look, based on what we saw, yes. We've got vertical and horizontal. It's great. I, think, I, I can only comment on what I saw yesterday, and I'll let the boys come in and have their say in a, in a second. Um, every time the Eagles dropped back to pass yesterday, it felt as though the Browns had got an opportunity, whether that was to make a sack, whether that was to create a turnover. It felt as though there were going to be good things happening for the Browns when the Eagles turn to the passing game, you know you have a real problem offensively if the opposing team feels that way. But that is genuinely how it felt watching it yesterday. The first half, the Eagles actually run the ball pretty well, pretty effectively. Miles Sanders' final stat line, 16 for 66. But I think he actually gained about 55 to 60 of those yards in the first half. Second half, with the Browns in the lead, the Eagles essentially abandoned that and Carson Wentz just he, he just so indecisive. The safety he gave up in the end zone, he he held the ball forever, and you know as a quarterback that the pass rush is going to be after you. You know that obviously if it gets there, you're conceding points. Um, he he just he just looks a, a real shadow of his former self, and whatever excuses you may have offered him a few weeks ago when he was throwing to nobody in particular that you had heard of. You know, those excuses now really are a thing of the past. Like you've mentioned, Lawrence, he's got Dallas Goddard back. He's got Alshon Jeffrey back. Travis Fulgham is one of the guys that stepped up. Um, you know, the, I don't think anyone's complaining that he's sort of retained his position in the lineup. So I think that is a, a really, really good question to ask. Kieran, I think you were in agreement. Tim was in disagreement. So just quickly come to you two fellas for your take on it. Kieran, let's come to you first. You're in the camp that it's time to put Carson on the bench. Why is he still on the field? This is a legitimate question. He is trash. He is the worst quarterback in the NFC least. A quarterback with, uh, this is a division with Andy Dalton, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith's only got one and a half legs. And Carson Wentz is still out there starting when they've got an absolute leader like Jalen Hurts on the bench. It's disgusting. He's indecisive. He tries to do everything himself. His ego is so huge, he can't even just take a play that Doug Peterson gives him. He has to make 800 audibles and speed check and do all, all this and that just to call out of it just so he can be the hero. He's had enough. Doug Peterson needs to swallow his pride take Carson Wentz out and then maybe the Eagles can focus on winning some games because as it's yeah they're winning the division with three wins they drew against the Bengals and I know I love Joe Burrow but the Bengals are a trash can team the Redskins a trash can team the Cowboys I'm sorry Tim trash can team this division is entirely the worst division in football. I'm pretty sure every team in that division right now would lose to an FCS team in college or even a high school team. They're that bad. So Carson Wentz is not an NFL starter. He has no business starting in the NFL. And if Doug 
Peterson wants to save any semblance uh, uh, of credibility, any shred of integrity he has, he'll start Jalen Hurts and maybe get the Eagles on the scoreboard without 17 interceptions. It's a fairly convincing argument, Tim. Kieran, if I ask you next week, will you tell me how you really feel? Don't hide your emotions next week if I come for your opinion. Come on, Tim. So, so, so my rebuttal here, like, I, what, what's Jalen Hurts going to do that Carson Wentz can't? Jalen Hurts is, is needs a, a decent bit of time before he can take over this team. You've got you've got injuries on the offensive line, which is not going to help. It doesn't matter who's going to be behind there. It's, it's like with, with Dallas. It's like with any team that has a crap offensive line. It doesn't matter who you put you back there and what plays you dial up. You, you're going to struggle. You're not going to change. You're not going to change the the fortunes of the team by putting Jalen Hurts in over over Carson Wentz. So, like you say, Sean, in that game, they they ran the ball really well. And if it wasn't for a Miles Sanders fumble early on, you know, it could be a whole different story. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that the, the Eagles would have won. And yes, I, I I hate Carson Wentz. I'm not a Carson Wentz fan. But 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 changing him up now and. Uh, putting putting Jalen Hurts in, you're not you're not you're benefiting the team because you're having to you having to swap everything over, you are having to adjust your play your play calling. And yes, the play calling has been trash. Uh, and Carson Wentz has, has dithered on the ball, and like I say, he just sat, he sat in the end zone like a scarecrow waiting for the, the crows to come and sit on him uh, for for that safety. But taking Carson Wentz out, Carson Wentz gives you the best chance to win win the game. Jalen Hurts at this point uh, in at this point of the season doesn't doesn't give the, the Philadelphia Eagles the best chance to win. You lean on the you lead on the run game because the Despite the the offensive line troubles, you still have the opportunity. You can still run the ball effectively. Yeah, I know there was no Miles Garrett, but against a, a, a Browns run defense, it isn't too bad. Absolutely, like I say, dominated uh, the the run game and just did whatever they wanted. And if it wasn't for for a turnover, it, it could have all played out different. I just I just don't see what Jane Hurt, Jane Hurts won't won't change any of the results that uh, that Carson Wentz is on there. I've, I've got to say it. I've got to say it. I'm opening the Hurt Locker. <sighs> yes. I, let's, I, carry, let, let's, let's carry this on offline, boys, because we've obviously got a differing <laughs> of opinion. The, re, the real story here, fellas, is that Cleveland Browns are seven and three. Seven and three. We normally don't win seven games across two seasons, let alone in one season. So, yeah, the Browns seven and three. Let's move on to the other teams in the NFC playoff hunt then, and we'll stay in the NFC East because, all joking aside, Tim, we sort of joked about it last week. Dallas still very much in this. Um, they managed to knock me out of the full 10-yard Survivor League this week. So, yeah, didn't see this one coming, mate. You did, to be fair. You did pick the Dallas Cowboys, whether that was a homer pick or not. You certainly saw it coming, so talk us through it, buddy. I did. I mean, the, the, yeah, okay. I, I, I will admit to a tiny, a tiny bit leap of faith, but I, I said like week nine, and and some of the previous week, the defense is starting to get a bit friskier. The defense was was, was a lot friskier uh, in this game. That we managed to get in pressure with with the front four, and when you can, when you're not behind by twenty one points or twenty four points within the first quarter of of a game, you can play, you can play the short yardage stuff. You can play dink and dunk. You can play. Um, you can play the Zeke Elliott and, and Tony Bollard on on the run game, but this is a really good game. Um, probably one that, that quite a lot of you will, will will gloss over and not even be bothered in, into watching, which is fair enough. The, uh, these two teams aren't going to be troubling any Super Bowl 
Super Bowl betting slips anytime soon, but it was a, a hard-hitting game, hotly contested. Um, so really good football and show. Uh, and who would have thought that, I'd say, with a Minnesota and, uh, and Dallas Cowboys game, at the, considering the state of the two teams at the moment. But, um, of course, the big one with, it, with this, uh, Andy Dalton returning to the team after uh, Garrett Gilbert and uh, Ben DiNucci starting the last couple of games, obviously off the back of a bye. Obviously, he was out with a concussion. Um, also worth noting that this um, the starting lineup for the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys was the seventh different starting uh, combination in, in 10 games. We kicked uh, Zach Martin out to to right tackle and uh, Conor McGovern, I think, came back in as well. And it just seemed to be a, a great combo. Um, it helped Zeke um, to, to kind of get some lanes. There was some massive lanes. I haven't seen lanes like that since the like, start of the season. Um, so it was nice to see Zeke being able to get contact, but then still forward, fall forward five yards like he, like he did as well. But yeah, some, a really good uh, couple of games from from Pollard as well. But um, yeah, Dallas defense, like I say, managed to get a decent bit of, of pressure with just the like, four-man rush would bring him very little. Um, the the strip sack of Kirk Cousins early on was a, was a bit of a strange play. Uh, no one actually realised that it, it happened until uh, Mike McCarthy obviously threw the the challenge the challenge flag in. But Donovan Wilson, great game for him. Um, the, one of the defensive backs there for for Dallas um, probably could have been negated by a helmet to helmet hit on Cousins, um, but wasn't called. It just is what it is. Um, you know, obviously, if I'm a if I, if I can fan, I'm not happy. Uh, but is he, Managed to get into the end zone on a, on a pass or a throw out to the right-hand side uh, for his first touchdown in five games. Actually also managed to get his first 100-yard rushing uh, of the season. He usually averages eight or nine per season. So um, obviously that's a long time in coming with uh, with him. Obviously he's been struggling with, with hamstring injuries. Then a couple of highlight plays, C.D. Lamb uh, and Adam Thielen. Uh, some absolutely beautiful catches. You won't see many better this season. Uh, some highlight real ones there. I did put a poll out on the Twitter and uh, the Twitter the Twitter universe said that Adam Thielen's 50, 53% of the vote uh, was was the better catch. Um, I'll, I'll let you take your pick. Obviously, the, the, the Lamb one was 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 better for me because I'm a Dallas fan. Um, but yeah, 16, 16 to 7 at half. Uh, Dallas obviously turned over just before the, the half, kind of swung it a little bit to... You know, Minnesota were driving into field goal range, and then a massive hit by Donovan Wilson on Dalvin Cook, uh, and then yeah, that essentially turned into a Dallas field goal. Um, and then second half essentially was a back and forth of exchanging touchdowns. Uh, like I said, the, the Thielen one, um, and then Tony Pollard, forty-two yards or, or forty-three yards, and then um, Justin Jefferson as well with a nice touchdown. Um, and then yeah, um, the final drive. Obviously, Minnesota were up. Uh, Dallas were driving. The final. The final drive for Dallas, big fourth and sixth conversion uh, on the left-hand side to Amari Cooper, um, set it up a Dalton, a Dalton Schultz uh, touchdown, and and then Dallas Dallas defense uh, got in Kirk Cousins' face, and they couldn't they couldn't muster a, a revival. But yeah, great great win for Dallas. Um, it was nice to see us kind of get back to our old ways of and say Zeke opening up a few holes and, and getting through them. Um, yeah, happy as a Dallas fan, and we, we we could go we will go top of the division on Thanksgiving night. All is right with the world. Ooh, fighting talk, fighting talk. Well, you mentioned Thanksgiving night, of course, the Dallas opponent is the Washington football team. And Kieran, we'll, we'll come on to their game against Cincinnati. We won't talk probably too much about the game itself. It ended with Washington winning it by the score of 20 points to nine. But obviously the big story from this one is at the time of going down, the Bengals were in the lead. And when I say going down, I am, of course, talking about the absolutely horrible Horrible injury to number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. Um, let's face it, it effectively ends the Bengals' season. Um, you know, when Ryan Finley came in, he went three of ten 
um, with an interception. So, yeah, Ryan Finley's not going to be doing anything, is he, for Cincinnati? Just probably, Kieran, just as much as anything, just reflections on what we've seen from Joe Burrow through, you know, sort of 10 games. Um, yeah, well, it's fingers crossed he can come back, you know, because, you know, what a fantastic prospect he certainly looks. You know, you'd have obviously watched him play a lot at LSU and, you know, how impressed have you actually been with him through his, his 10 weeks? He, uh, this is no exaggeration when I say this, and a lot of people are going to get mad, but I think, bar none, he has the best ball placement in the NFL. If you watch him throw the football and where he puts it on every single throw when he connects with a receiver, it is perfectly where it needs to be when it needs to be there. Joe Burrow is, without a doubt, one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time. There's a reason he threw for 60 touchdown passes in his senior year as a graduate transfer at LSU. Uh, this injury is devastating, though. It's a complete ACL, complete PCL, I've, uh, sorry, MCL, okay. ACL, and actual structural damage to his knee. I did like the tweet he put out straight away, though. Uh, after he leaves, he said, hey, you can't get rid of me that easy. I'll see you next year, which is what we expect from Joe Burrow. The guy's a fighter, and like I said, a few years' time, we're going to be looking at him as one of, the, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I have no doubt that he's elite, but Ryan Finley's going to do nothing for this team. They're obviously missing um, their top running back as well, Joe Mixon, who recently just signed a five-year deal. Giovanni Bernard's got a fantastic moustache, but I don't think that's enough to carry a team on. So... You know, you know, it, it it's very tough loss for the Bengals, and I I don't think they win another game uh, from here on out this season because the only person even keeping them in games was Joe Burrow. He is just, you know, he's a he's a talent. So it's a sad loss for the Bengals, but you know, the Cincinnati, uh, the city of Cincinnati still has Skyline Chili and Cincinnati Bearcats to keep them going through the next few months. So we will see Joe Burrow back next year, and if he is anything like he was at college, anything like he was at high school, anything like he has been his whole life, he'll come back way better. And he will look to say, hey, a lot of people are probably thinking my career's over um, after this. But he, I think he'll, he'll look, he'll have a real big chip on his shoulder. And I'm not really going to talk about the Washington performance because like we said earlier, it's the NFC least. And they, they got a quarterback with one and a half legs. Alice Smith, I love you, but you shouldn't be playing football, man. You should be at home with your family and, and sort of taking care of yourself. They had a very muted performance. I will say, though, obviously Antonio Gibson looked fantastic on the ground, nearly hit 100 yards, and he had a touchdown as well. But that was it. That was that was basically the bright spot. Obviously, you got the usual suspects like Terry McLaurin and JD McKissick out there doing stuff. But it just, it, you know, it's a very dull game. It, it, it was uh, honestly looked like two teams that hadn't played all year uh, after uh, Ryan Finley came on. So it, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a struggle to watch, honestly. Which is why I mainly caught most of it on Red Zone. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> we were, yeah, it, it's just not, not the best game. And I wish Joe Burrow a speedy recovery because as a diehard LSU fan, that was honestly one of the toughest things I've seen all season. And, you know, I've had injuries on my team as well. So that, that is, that shows how much respect I've got for that young man. Yeah. I think we all absolutely echo those words. Fingers crossed that he does come back. Um, you know, it's obviously going to be a long road back to recovery. Um, you know, it could be that even if he does come back, he may well not be fit for the start of next season. And then obviously, you know, playing catch up then in terms of, you know, building chemistry with the team and obviously getting back into it, you know, 
as ridiculous as it sounds to say, this sitting here in November of 2020, it could be 2022 before we see the real Joe Burrow back again. I'm going to round up the rest of the NFC shortly, but Lawrence, you just wanted to make a quick point. Yeah, just a tiny one. It's um, in terms of quarterbacks recovering with Alex Smith, it's actually his first win in two full years. So just, you know, credit to. Uh, Credit where credit's due to Alex Smith. It was a, you know, it's a pretty rotten way to win a game, but it's still a win nonetheless. And, you know, even though I, I, I'm totally agreeing with Kieran, I think, you know, Alex Smith, I, I just fear that one hit and, he, you know, something serious could happen. But realistically, he is the best Washington quarterback that's out there at the moment. And, you know, he's come off the back of, the first time he's ever thrown for two, three hundred yard games in a row or the two previous games, the first time he's done it in his career. Um, and then he gets a win. So, you know, there's a tiny little shred of momentum there. And with the being in the NFC least, it's just kind of anything's possible. Anything's okay. possible. Certainly is. And it actually makes Thursday night's game quite appealing for the neutral, to be honest. You know, it is a, a meaningful game in that sort of late evening slot on Thanksgiving. We'll obviously get all three games back to back on Sky. Um, just breaking news as we're recording this, Adam Thielen has just been placed on the COVID list for the Vikings. Apparently he tested positive um, after the game yesterday. Hopefully that doesn't have any knock-on effects for the Cowboys, obviously on a short week Um also, but obviously, I think the defense would be right. They weren't anywhere near him in that game. <laughs> you made the joke for me, mate. You made the joke for me. Let's move on to round up the rest of the NFC side of things, then. And of course, go back to Thursday Cardinals 21, Seahawks 28. I really fancied the Seahawks in this one. I know most of you fellas were high on the Cardinals, but uh, yeah, the Seahawks taking care of business on their home field. Um, Carl Murray suffered a bit of a, well, he, he took a big hit early doors and it kind of limited what he did in terms of rushing, which is obviously such a huge part of their offensive game plan. Um, and the Seahawks take over again at the top of the NFC West, the Detroit Lions. Oh my God, why do I ever trust Detroit Lions? Zero on the board against the second stringer in the Panthers quarterback, PJ Walker, former XFL MVP, indeed, PJ Walker. Um, absolute beautiful ball, a couple of beautiful, beautiful throws, fellas. It's got to be said, yeah, he had a couple of turnovers, but you know, he, he had a, a really nice couple of connections with DJ Moore. His first touchdown to Kurt Samuel was a really nice throw as well. PJ Walker is, in my opinion, more than good enough to play in this league. Um, yeah. And the Panthers, first win for them in a while. And back to the drawing board once again, it seems, for the Lions. I've left this game until the end, fellas, because I'm going to get your brief takes on Taysom Hill before we um, turn our attention to Monday Night Football. But that, of course, is the Falcons 9, the Saints 24. Lots of talk throughout the week. I think everybody expected it was going to be James Winston until it was announced on Friday that it would indeed be Taysom Hill that got the start. Ultimately, it's a win. He certainly contributed to the win. You know, he obviously got a couple of touchdowns rushing, um, which was something that I talked about when picking my DraftKings team this week. I said that he would cause some damage on the ground, and he certainly did that. So, obviously, Drew Brees officially moved to IR, so we know this is going to be a situation for at least another couple of weeks, fellas. What do we think of Taysom Hill? Lawrence? I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. You, you had all these little cameo appearances for 
the last couple of years. And you know that Sean Payton has wanted to unleash Taysom Hill um, in front of a, you know, to, to give him more game time. But when you've got a future Hall of Famer as your starting quarterback, there's not really that opportunity to do that until Breeze gets injured and, and Breeze doesn't get injured. So this is this is an unusual situation. Um, so I, I've, I've got to give a bit of love to Taysom Hill. He had a, he had a big touchdown um, pass called back. He, um, he was doing a lot of traditional dropbacks as well. It, it wasn't just, he wasn't just kind of playing everything out of the shotgun. He was, he was kind of taking, you know, taking direct snaps. Um, those two rushing touchdowns were great. I totally agree. I had him in a number of um, DraftKings teams as well. 4.8, I think he was dirt cheap for a starting quarterback. So that was, that was entertaining. He's, he's not, gonna be anywhere near the accuracy but he brings a he does bring a different dimension and that running game i mean as as i said he he absolutely he runs like a fullback he runs like a tank so it's it's hard to stop him he's not running like kyla murray with the twinkle toes or or the kind of the eel nature of lamar jackson but he's once he once he puts a head of steam behind him it's, it's like trying to tackle a rhino it's kind of like trying to tackle mike allstott if you remember him um, famous Buccaneers running back. It's it's kind of you, you don't want to go there. So you know I've I've got some love for him. Statistically, he wasn't brilliant. He didn't throw for a touchdown, but I think he can. If you look what Teddy Bridgewater did last season, five games, five wins. Um, you know what's what's to say Taysom Hill can't go three and zero in in you know in the, in his kind of appearance before Breeze comes back. Yeah, every possibility. Any disagreement, fellas? I think um, I think he benefits from the kind of shiny new toy thing. You know, everyone everyone remember when Carl Allen came in last year and lit it up, and then after a couple of games, everyone had some tape on on you know offensive line uh, lineups and formations and all the rest of it. And then he gets sussed out, and I think he'll he'll be shown for what he is. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's, it's a nice little cameo. Um, it's it's kind of like um, it's, it's it's a nice change when you watch the news and you have a different anchor reading the news. It's like oh, it's nice for like for a couple of weeks. And then yes, it's like that's uh, boring now. But yeah, I, I think I think what will help the Saints if if Breeze does come back uh, in a, say three or four weeks uh, time, I, th- I think it'll probably benefit them because then by the time everyone's got tape on him and to, to suss out what the Saints are doing, he'll be he'll be yanked out and be back to his cameo role anyway. So it's probably not going to do any damage to anyone. But yeah, it's, it's good. I'm happy for him. Obviously, a couple of rushing touchdowns. You can tell his grandchildren and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, I don't think it'll last too long. Fair enough, fair enough. The of the uh, the other big guns in the NFC playoff battle obviously face off tonight. Just very quickly, fellas, one word answer. Who wins Monday night football? Kieran? Rams. Tim? Rams. Lawrence? Patrick. Ooh, go on, I'll be different. I'll go the books. I think I have picked the Rams, but just to just to be a bit controversial, I'll, I'll just go different to you, fellas. I think it could be a good game, though. So if uh, anyone in the UK is staying up to watch it, hope it's a good one. Um, in terms of the Pickhams, we are still to get a perfect week from anybody. Uh, nine the leading score this week. A few of us got nine, including myself and Tim. Yeah, we're uh, doing the doing the brand proud, mate. Um, David two still at the top, but only a one point lead now. So yeah, I'm third, I think. 
You are indeed, mate. I'm still ruining the week that I didn't submit my picks <laughs> because I, would, I think I would be second. But anyway, never mind. We'll gloss over that one. Um, but if you aren't involved yet, then do get involved. Um, you know, get involved in any week. Doesn't matter if you haven't been playing since week one. If you get a perfect week in any week, we will give some prizes away. We we would genuinely, genuinely love to do that. So uh, get involved and get picking your selections for week twelve. Obviously, it starts earlier with three games on Thursday. And that brings us, fellas, to the fact that we are obviously in Thanksgiving week. And quite simply, just want to know what we're actually thankful for from the NFL this year. Um, it's obviously been the strangest of strangest years, hasn't it? Let's be honest, in, in terms of people's personal lives and everything that's happened across the world. Um, but just really want to know what you've sort of really enjoyed so far through the first 11, 12 weeks of the season. And, you know, just pick a game or something that you're looking forward to seeing in this week. So, Lawrence, let's start with you, buddy. I I am absolutely grateful that the NFL have managed to play 11 weeks of football. I think it's it's absolutely as simple as that. You know, I, I live for the fact that the NFL season, you know, my year, my actual year in my brain begins in September. My, the, the year doesn't begin in January for me. The year begins in September. And that period from September to the end of January, early February, is is what keeps me going. Um, mentally, psychologically, whatever you want to call it, that is what keeps me going. So the fact they've managed to maintain every single week of the season, they've had to do a little bit of, you know, a little bit of juggling of the old balls, but... They've managed to come out the other end and, you know, I, I'm eternally grateful for just the fact that we have played every game that's supposed to be played so far. No, absolutely, mate. Difficult to disagree with that. I think we'll all echo those sentiments, absolutely. Any particular game that you've got your eye on this weekend? Obviously, the, the Ravens-Steelers well, one, like you say, is on Thanksgiving itself. Obviously, a tough game for the Ravens would have been regardless of any COVID issues but any any other game to call your fancy or is it all about I'm that sorry. one? I, I, you know I, I have to become a raving hypocrite here and go you know Washington Dallas it's still it is still Batman's full mate you're not allowed back on sorry it's still I've you know it, you can't go a season and it's on Thanksgiving and it's brilliant so I I, I think you know having Washington and Baltimore back to back on Thanksgiving is is going to be outstanding, and then I'm just it'll be a it'll be a pretty dull weekend for me, but you know a fantastic Thursday. So I will be getting the double espressos out at some point in time, um, around about three in the morning. So yeah, fa- fantastic Thanksgiving feast for me. Nice one, mate. And Tim for yourself. Yeah, looking forward to a bit of turkey on Thursday. Um, obviously, looking forward to the, the Dallas game, but um, I'm, I'm just thankful for we're only in week 11. Feels like we should be a bit further along. So it's, it's nice that it's felt like it's been longer. I know everyone says that the, the NFL season goes way too quick, and it, yeah, generally it does. And before you know it, it will be playoff football. But it's nice that we're kind of week 11, um, kind of where we sit, and we've still got four or five weeks, a good month or so left of, of regular season football and fantasy football is obviously now into the crux of the business end if, if anyone that plays fantasy. So, 
Um, I'm quite, I, I quite, en- I enjoy Thanksgiving week, obviously, because Dallas play every Thanksgiving. It's a bit, it's a bit different for me being a Dallas fan, but um, I enjoy this week. So I'm, I'm just thankful that we have this this week where you have the three games back to back, and you can take Friday off uh, to, to then go and spend more money in the sales. Um, with regards to games, I'm looking forward. There's not actually too much going on on the Sunday games in in week twelve. You've got the um, the Chiefs and the Bucks, which would be obviously the the clear highlight. But apart from that, I mean, everyone's probably looking forward to the Jets and Dolphins, aren't they? Absolutely, mate. It was the number one on my choice. I don't know what you're suggesting there. Um, Kieran, I'll throw it to you shortly, but obviously you're in the States, so it's obviously a massive thing for you guys over there. We sort of embrace it as NFL fans more in this country. And, and like you say, the big thing for us is that we just get three games back-to-back on a Thursday at a nice UK time for us to watch, certainly a couple of them. I, th- I think for me... Um, completely agree with everything that Lauren said in terms of it's great that we've got this you know sort of game that we all love and look forward to each and every Sunday if you think back to the dark days of, of sort of March and April um, you know when we didn't have any sort of sports on and all the rest of it, it it's great that we get that to look forward to each and every week um, it's great that obviously you know the team that I've supported for you know the best part of 10, 12 years, and I haven't missed a game in 10, 12 years, whatever day, whatever time the kickoff has been, are actually putting some wins together. It's really actually, I, I don't know how I'm going to be if we actually do get to January, fellas. I haven't really let myself get <laughs> that far yet. But I, I've said this for the last few weeks. I keep looking at the schedule, and it's like you look at this weekend's schedule. The Browns have got the Jags this weekend. Surely the Browns go to 8-3. and three. I mean, I know you've got to play the game, but surely you would think the Browns go to 8-3. and three. The Titans and the Colts play each other, so one of them can't go to eight and three. So all of a sudden, the Browns are going to be no worse than the fifth seed in the AFC, and that is just absolutely ridiculous. If only we could get rid of them damn bloody Pittsburgh Steelers, but never mind. I'm sure our day will come to top the division. But uh, Kieran, let's throw it over to you, mate. Like I say, obviously, over in the States, it's obviously a huge, huge event over there, probably bigger than Christmas. I spent one Christmas in the States and it was the weirdest Christmas ever because it's not really such a big thing. But obviously, Thanksgiving really is, mate. So what what does Thursday look like for you over there? I'm going to make uh, Lawrence very happy and I'm, I'm going to do my thanks in my Trump voice because I know he's been waiting for me to do it on the podcast. <laughs> you know, this Thanksgiving... I'm very, very thankful that we we've got the NFL. It's the greatest league in the world, the greatest, the greatest nation on earth. We 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 got the turkey. I got scotch. It's it's going to be the greatest Thanksgiving ever because of me, Donald J. Donald J. Trump. Uh, I'm just thankful that we we've seen so many great rookies this year. That Justin Jefferson out of uh, where is he from? Minnesota, I think, where they where they didn't count the votes properly. He he's fantastic. <laughs> he he he's the best rookie we've ever seen. His hands fantastic. He he's the best guy we've ever seen. This LSU class is that's what I'm thankful for. The LSU rookie class. It's the greatest class we've ever seen. There's nothing like it. So that's what I'm thankful for. The my Tigers have done fantastic in the league this year, and it's fantastic to see guys that I. Loved watching at college, doing fantastic in the league. See these young, well, boys now become young men, and it, it, it's fantastic to watch. No, absolutely, mate. Can't disagree with that at all. Fantastic impression as well, mate. You've made us giggle off air the last few weeks, so good to finally uh, get it out there. Big shout out to Helena and Tony. They follow us along most Mondays, and yeah, Helena, I think we will all echo that as well. So, Helena says thanks for making this fantastic podcast. It is an absolute pleasure every Monday for us to sit together, talk about something that we all absolutely love, and uh, yeah. 
we uh, are all very grateful for everybody that listens, watches, downloads, interacts, reads the articles, all the rest of it. You know, we do it for fun. We do it for the pleasure of doing it. But obviously, we wouldn't do it if no one listened to us. So thanks to all of you. And, you know, we obviously hope that everybody enjoys this week in particular, whatever you're up to. You know, and like I say, if you're embracing the Thanksgiving spirit, uh, then, yeah, absolutely enjoy Thursday. Um, be a, a feast of football, to use the regular Sky Sports pun that they always throw out every year. That's it for the week then, boys. Um, a good one, as always. Like I say, still plenty going on. That playoff picture really starting to come into focus now. They always say that the season doesn't start until we get to Thanksgiving. So, obviously, we are now on the homeward stretch. Teams uh, will either become contenders or be revealed as pretenders. Anything to close the pod with from each of you this week? Tim, let's start with yourself. Um, yeah, final stat for you. Uh, Alvin Kamara, it was the first game Alvin Kamara since he started his NFL career. He has not, rece- not received a, a, a catch or reception. Unbelievable. There you go. Everyone would have assumed that with the backup quarterback, that the dump off to the running back would just go through the roof. So for that to go the opposite way, unbelievable. I didn't actually come to any of you for stats, boys. I've got that I've got that carried away with Thanksgiving. I didn't come to any of you for stats. So there you go. So t- Tim's thrown one in there. So maybe maybe that's what we'll do this week. We'll, we'll let you close each with the stats. So Tim's thrown that one in. Lawrence, have you got one that you had lined up that you want to close us with? Yeah, go on. I've got a little prop to go with it as well. So we know that Drew Brees is incredibly accurate. We know Teddy Two Gloves is accurate, as well as Big Russ. Um, And they're the only three quarterbacks in the NFL so far this season to be completing over 70% of their passes. That's a lie. There's actually two quarterbacks that have completed 100% of their passes. One One of them achieved that feat in week 11. Can you name either of the two quarterbacks who've completed 100% of their passes in the 2020 season? Quarterback? I was going to go the Titans, Panther. Two quarterbacks. I thought I was going to say Brett Kern for a second then. Uh, two quarterbacks. And they're not, they're not like gadget quarterbacks. They're legitimate quarterbacks. I'm struggling to think who even came in just like throw one pass this week. Mm, Blaine Gabbert on there. Now, go on, Lawrence. You've got a start. Misery. If you can see this guy who I got in a in a card drawer, that was Logan Woodside on that rather terrific fake punt. I know. Um, which which Titans. the Titans got? I did say the Titans. Yeah. To, to maintain a drive, it was a very very cheeky fake punt and a very well executed one. And and the other one is the delightful Eastern Stick who in week seven went one for one for four yards. Absolutely brilliant stuff, mate. Nice one. Do like that one. Very good indeed. Kieran, finish us off with a good one. Yeah, I'm a, f- I'm a fan of his brother, Western Stick, actually. Sorry, Western Twig. Um, <laughs> Derek Henry uh, obviously scored the game-winning touchdown. Uh, in the Titans' overtime game against the Ravens. Henry also had a rushing touchdown in overtime in week six versus the Texans. Henry is the only... Sorry, Henry is the first player since at least 1991 with multiple overtime rushing touchdowns in a single season. Uh, the Beaver. 
absolute legend uh, getting the job done this weekend. I'm always jealous of the beard because I've obviously got no hair, as everyone that's watching can see. So any any sort of excess hair that serves no purpose other than to get ridiculed to me is just an absolute waste. I'll finish off the pod then, boys, with a stat of my own. I don't usually throw any in, but I thought this was a beauty, and I thought this is exactly where Tim was going to go. But the Andy Dalton to Dalton Schultz touchdown this week saw the first ever throw from a quarterback with the same surname as the first name of the receiver that he threw the ball to in NFL history, let alone 1991, Kieran. I'm talking NFL history. Lawrence is looking at me as if I've got that completely wrong. I had that verified earlier. Tim was the same. Go and check it out, Mr. Retro. Come well, back to me. I'm Come back to me off air. I'm going to give that a go. I'm you come back to me off air, my friend. Yeah. I am confident in that as a stat. So, yeah, Andy Dalton to Dalton Schultz, the first ever same surname to same first name quarterback to receive a combo. If you like your stats and all things like that, then keep on checking us out week to week. We're here every single Monday night for your listening and viewing pleasure. Obviously, if you prefer to read, then the written article will be out tomorrow in terms of takeaways from the week in our Tuesday takeaway article. And then attention will obviously turn towards week number 12 as we get you set with all of the content that you need for another weekend of NFL action. Other stuff, of course, as well from full 10 yards in terms of college, fantasy, and a very special edition of the quiz this week airing, hopefully, tomorrow, um, where we will hopefully be taking on some of the guys over at the NFL UK fans. Tim, is that right? That is correct. Yep. So, yeah, so Tim, uh, off the back of a defeat, can he get back in the win column tomorrow? We will wait and see. But until then, fellas, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Enjoy Thanksgiving football, everybody. And from the four of us, until next time, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com